And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Brazil and Argentina have dominated South American World Cup qualifying, but seven teams behind them are all in a fight for the final few tickets to Qatar. In tonight's games, some of those teams could rise, while others could fall into a very tough position. Felipe Cardenas is here to give insight into those contenders, Ecuador, Colombia, Uruguay, Chile, Bolivia, Paraguay, and Peru. I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Every Day for Thursday, November 11th. Felipe Cardenas, thank you for coming on the show. We have a big night ahead of us in South American World Cup qualifying, which we talked a little bit about, uh, well, a lot about Europe and Asia and African qualifying yesterday with with Brooks on the show. And what that revealed to me is that there are so many different formats and groups and ways of dividing teams for World Cup qualification all over the world. South America, though, Felipe, I think has the right idea, and they're in a good position because they just have fewer countries than many other uh, places, fewer countries and more quality within those countries. But it's pretty straight up, 10 teams, home and away. What do you think about it? I, I think it's really exciting every single year. I, I agree with you, and so does Jose Mourinho. He said recently that uh, that the World Cup qualifying in South America is like the best in the world. Uh, and I think this was coming off of, they're always comparing, you know, Copa America versus the Euros. And Euros has like the cachet, looks like a, a very premier, premium sort of World Cup style tournament. Copa America doesn't always have the, the sort of the quality and the cachet of that European tournament. But when it comes down to qualifying, I think this the Colombo qualifying is just so difficult. Uh, every team seems to be battling for those really three to five spots, the fifth typically being the playoff. Uh, and even Argentina has had to go to a playoff in, for USA 94. So even, even the top teams uh, struggle at times. I think some, you're seeing Brazil sort of run away with it, but everyone else is even the parody is incredible. Yeah. Um, and that is sort of the case this time around. So like I said, 10 teams, Five spots for the World Cup. Technically, four qualify automatically. The fifth goes to an inter-confederation playoffs. We don't know yet which confederation is playing which, uh, but it's basically the top half of uh, of the table has a chance to make the World Cup. And in this case, the favorites are running away with it. Uh, we're through. Most teams are through eleven or twelve games uh, out of what will be eventually eighteen right. for each team. And Brazil and Argentina are on top, and they're on top by quite a bit. Brazil has 31 points, Argentina has 25, and then below them, the next highest team is Ecuador with 17. And Felipe, I think to get maybe the most accurate picture of South American World Cup qualifying as it stands heading into tonight, I think we should just go through each of the teams that are kind of trailing Brazil and Argentina. Brazil and Argentina, everybody knows, but then you have teams like Ecuador, Colombia, Uruguay, Chile, Bolivia, Paraguay, and Peru behind them how's that sound to you i mean let's do it because every game especially for match day 13 we're at 13 of 18 every game 
this the coming up tomorrow, starting tomorrow, so, which is Thursday. So Thursday and Friday games are so huge, especially for those teams that you've just mentioned. Okay, well, let's go ahead and do it. So tonight, actually, really this this afternoon, I should say, at 4 p.m. Eastern on Fubo TV and Fox Deportes, they take on Venezuela, the last place team in qualifying right now. Felipe, what's the story with Ecuador? It's kind of, they're always maybe a solid, maybe workmanlike team in, in South America. Uh, it's a little bit of a surprise to see them this high in the standings. I mean, I, I think it's always, it's for me, it's like Ecuador is one of those teams that they're really a good qualifying team. And why? Because they're an athletic team that is very, that can play direct and they play at high altitude at home in Quito. So that gives them this advantage that they typically tend to win almost all of their games at home, which is part of the formula of getting quali- of qualifying. Um, and, and, you know, this cycle, they have a new coach in, in Gustavo Alfaro, who was the Boca junior coach. And when he was at Boca, he was sort of criticized for being too defensive, somewhat conservative. And I think that has actually helped Ecuador, a team that tends to, to stretch the field uh, and sort of get caught in transition. Now they're a defensively sound team. They are just a tough, tough team to break down. Uh, and they, you know, I think they're sitting pretty. I mean, they're going to play Venezuela. They're going to host Venezuela, which is in last place with pretty much no shot at the World Cup. And for Ecuador, I think they see it as like, we can solidify that third spot. We can break away from Colombia, who they just drew in Barranquilla, they went to Colombia and, and, and earned a nil-nil draw. Uh, and if they get three points against Venezuela, I think they're going to feel really good about being that third-place team because of what I said. They they can they can play well, very well at home, and now they can go on the road and sit back and defend with a really tough starting eleven. Well, it'll be good to pick up points this particular week as well because in the future, their next couple of games, they have to travel to Chile. And then they host Brazil. And even if you're at home at altitude in Quito, it's still Brazil. Yeah. So. And, and we talked about that off, off offline. It's like there are some teams whose next few matchups are will benefit their sort of their window of opportunity. Ecuador sitting nice in that third spot. But you're right. Like it's not an easy go for them. They just have shown this ability to get results. And uh, they haven't had the game where you're like, okay, it's back to the Ecuador that you don't know who's going to show up. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think you're right. Chile is a team that's surging again. And then Brazil, you're, Brazil, no one wants to play Brazil, but they're qualified. So perhaps that gives the teams that are going up against them a little bit of a, some sort of confidence that maybe they rest players, maybe they play a different style. Uh, but you're right, it's still Brazil. Brazil right now looking very strong. Moving on uh, to fourth and fifth place, we have a tie on 16 points. Colombia and Uruguay, Colombia and fourth on goal difference. So we'll start with them. Felipe, I know you have a little bit of a bias towards Colombia. You're you yourself being a Colombian person. Uh, what's the deal with them uh, in this qualifying window so far? You said that they've been having some injury issues along the back line. Yeah, I mean, without going you know too deep into Colombia, remember they had Carlos Queiroz as their coach. He he, he replaced them, and he was. Uh, promptly fired after a 6-1 defeat to Ecuador, which was yeah. incredibly embarrassing for, for Colombia. And they've since they, they since hired Reynaldo Herrera, who was Chile's coach. And he's a Colombian. He's been Colombia's coach before. I believe it was in the 2002 cycle. Uh, 
and, and they've turned it around. They've now their goal differential is at zero. So they've erased that deficit and they're back to zero, which is a plus for them. That's why they're in fourth place ahead of Uruguay, who's at minus three goal differential. Uh, but, you know, Colombia is, is a quality team. They have a lot of, of stars and they're, the struggle with them is just scoring goals. Uh, they haven't been able to score a lot of goals. Uh, and, and obviously they haven't played with Thomas Rodriguez much either. He's back for this, uh, this round of qualifying, which is sort of the big news in Colombia that after moving to Qatar from the Premier League, uh, he's been called back in. And if you ask people in Colombia, I think even though they've sort of lost some, a bit of confidence with James, everyone is like, we need him. Like we don't have the luxury of just leaving players like that out of the camp. So he's going to be back. Uh, and, and I think they have an opportunity here um, to, to try to just stay. This is where they want to stay between fourth and fifth. Now they have to travel to Brazil. Uh, and, and that's not going to be easy with the injuries that you've mentioned. They've lost three uh, potential starting center backs Columbia has. And so they're going to bring in new guys. One of those new guys is Jamar Gomez from the Seattle Sounders. Could he get us, uh, could he debut during this World Cup qualifying window? Uh, but the bigger problems for Colombia really are being consistently good in the attack. They should have more wins. They should have beaten Uruguay in Montevideo. Duvan Zapata, who if you watch him during Champions League, you're like, this guy's killing everybody. Well, he can't score for Colombia. He had a goal on one-on-one with Muslera. And, uh, and he fluffed his line. So those three points escaped them. And now they're in this sort of uh, bubble zone between Chile, Uruguay, uh, fighting for those two fourth and fifth spots. Well, they, t- they face a very, very stiff test tonight on Fox Soccer Plus. Uh, they travel to Brazil to take on Brazil. Uh, big test if Jamar Gomez steps into the lineup and has to face well, literally anybody that Brazil puts out there, yeah, it's I mean, going to be a tough I assignment. I don't think he will, but you know, you mentioned him as well before we started recording. He's a big guy, he's a tank, he's physical, and he's pretty good on the ball too. I think Colombia will probably go with Davison Sanchez, the Tottenham defender, who's just his form has been really bad. Uh, and there's another defender, last name Lukumi, who plays for Genk in Belgium, a young kind of uh, Jerry Mina type of defender, left footer, who I think is going to get the start. Um, but Gomez, you never know. A player goes down, I think he'll be he'll be sent right in if some, one of those defenders can't go. Brazil versus Colombia at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, again on Fox Soccer Plus. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Moving on, Uruguay tied with Colombia on points at 16, as we said. Uh, currently in in the uh, inter-confederation playoff spot. Uh, what's the deal with Uruguay? I feel like they've been just a super, super 
consistent team. They're always in the mix in, in South America. They always end up making it to the World Cup. They always give whoever they're playing a really difficult game. Is that still the case? On paper, yes. You look at their every single 18 to 25 man roster that Uruguay puts out, you're just like, wow, this team is so good. They're so strong. Uh, they have been just really poor of late. Uh, you know, one of my friends who watches a lot of South American soccer is like, this is the worst Uruguay team in 15 years. And you're talking about a bunch of really good players. Uh, they just haven't got it done. They don't have, they've lost sort of that edge, that intangible that Uruguay usually has that when the game isn't going their way, they just level the playing field with grit and character. They've even lost that. They got spanked three, nothing by Argentina it was a complete show for, for, for them. I mean, they, they, they barely showed up and then they followed that performance up with a four, one loss to Brazil. And that opened up a lot of criticism in Uruguay about whether or not El Maestro Oscar Tavares, who's been at the helm for over a decade, should he continue? And there was, there was about, I think 48 hours where the rumors were that he was out. There was already a replacement for him. And that has since been squashed. He's remaining at the head of this national team. And, you know, I think they're the team that, that is in the most trouble of the big countries. Uruguay is in trouble. They've, they face Argentina again on Friday night. Uh, they're probably hoping that Messi gets rested. Uh, that he, there's, that's the, the big discussion in Argentina, whether he starts against Uruguay. And then they go to Bolivia, to La Paz, which is probably the most difficult place in South America to play. So if I were Uruguay, if I, if I were a Uruguayan fan, I would be really concerned with this, this upcoming window. It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. I feel like Uruguay, Argentina games, whoever is on the field, whether it's messy or not, is those are always t- uh, hotly contested. Argentina's of course is trying to solidify their own position near the top of the table, really, you know, kind of hang on to that second spot. Uruguay though needs a win because they have, so many teams behind them that are chasing them, and they're only three points behind. Uh, so let's move on to the first one of those, the team that is three points behind them with 13 points just outside of the playoff spot, Chile. Uh, Felipe, what's Chile's story um, so far in, in, in qualifying? Yeah, a team that's surging again. They a couple of weeks ago, a couple of windows ago, uh, they were out. You know, I think they were the they were that big sort of nation that with the stars on the team that was looking like they wouldn't get to the world cup. They're still on the outside looking in, but they've, they've won their, they won their last game uh, against Venezuela, three, nothing. They beat Paraguay two nothing in October. And so they've won two in a row. And, you know, Arturo Vidal said after the game against Venezuela, he's like, everyone counted us out. Like we're still alive. Uh, And I think Chile is the team that, uh, they, they, the generational change hasn't happened yet. It's, it's their sort of golden generation. That's now in all of them in their thirties. Uh, they've been to the world cups already. They've had their success at the Copa America level winning twice. Uh, and, and now they're just running out of gas, but they're still a dangerous team. They they've shown that in the last two qualifying windows. So now they're going to visit Paraguay, a team that just like Chile needs a win a team that's Paraguay that's debuting a head coach in Guillermo Bardos Esqueloto. So I think that actually plays in Chile's favor. They're, they're the confident side. And now you're not sure what you're going to get from Paraguay. So Chile is a team that I look at as, as a potential spoiler. They could be the team that jumps over Uruguay and really starts to push up the table. 
Well, as you said, that starts with a game against Paraguay at Paraguay. That's at 6 p.m. tonight on Fubo Sports Network. Just Below Chile is a team that has not qualified for a World Cup since 1994, which seems pretty amazing to me. Bolivia. What is causing Bolivia to have a relatively large amount of success? They're only one point behind Chile. They're only four points behind Uruguay. What's working for them? And do they have a chance to sneak into one of those last couple spots? They definitely have a chance, which is just wild to me. Like you said, this yeah. is a team that has not been to a World Cup since the 1994 World Cup in, in the United States. Uh, I believe that was their first and only World Cup. Could be wrong there, but they, they're, they're just always the punching bag in South America. They're the team that that relies on their, their high altitude in La Paz to just sort of get results and spoil a lot of campaigns for the other South American countries. I think what has played in their favor is a just playing at altitude. They're, they've remained strong there. They're not losing a lot of games at home. Uh, and the parody that we discussed, like it's, it, it, there are a lot of talented players and a lot of very good teams in South America, but I think below Argentina and Brazil, everyone else is just really even competitively when they play each other. And that includes Bolivia. It's not like they're star studded. I think the only player that listeners need to, to, to know about is their number nine, which is Marcelo Martins. Uh, he's, he plays for Cruzeiro in Brazil, which is a massive club. He's their number nine. Uh, and he is extremely dangerous. He's just a very, he, he reminds me, honestly, of, of Wondolowski, of Chris Wondolowski. He's like not a sexy sort of like star striker, uh, but his movement is so, so good in the box. He can score with both feet, with his head. Uh, he's relentless as far as the, the chances that he's a part of in the attack. Uh, and so he's been really good. He's been tough to handle and that's given Bolivia life. You know, they're, they're sitting what in seventh place, uh, but just one, just four points from the playoff spot. If they can get some, some upsets at, in La Paz and, and just sort of hang on for some draws away, which I think that's the most difficult thing for them is playing away from La Paz. Uh, maybe they challenge. I, I don't think they will. I think they'll make it interesting though. Well, the f- their first test, uh, which happens tonight at 9 p.m., is traveling to Peru to play another team that's actually kind of desperate, which, who we'll get to in a second. Because first, we need to talk about Paraguay tied with points, uh, tied on points with Bolivia. What's happened to Paraguay so far this qualification cycle, and what should we look out for? Yeah, Paraguay again. And when you look at their squad, you know we spoke about the generational change in Chile. That has not happened. In Paraguay, it has. Uh, it's a young team. It's a young team. I think they're they're good on paper. They have a lot of players playing in top teams throughout South America, some in Europe as well. Uh, they just have been just terribly inconsistent. Uh, and, and you really don't know how they're going to play. They're not a dominant team. It's like, like I said, on paper, there's talent. You see like a River Plate center back, Newcastle United, you know, Miguel Almiron. Uh, players throughout Brazil playing in the top clubs in Brazil, players sort of sprinkled around Europe. Uh, but in matches, they don't control games. They don't, they don't impose themselves enough in these games, and that's how they've lost games. It's also how they've uh, sort of managed to just like squeak by a couple, a couple of draws. And so their position, their inconsistent form led to Eduardo Berdizo, who was an Argentine. He was fired recently after the last round of qualifiers. 
Uh, and since they've, and this included a four nothing loss to Bolivia, who we just got done talking to in La, oh talking about in La Paz. Yeah. So yeah. it was a nice segue there. And, and so they've since hired Guillermo Barros Esqueloto, the former Los Angeles galaxy head coach, the former Boca juniors legend and head coach will now debut as a national team head coach for Paraguay, uh, Thursday night tonight against Chile. Uh, it's, there's a lot of hope, you know, that he can be the guy that turns it around. That just is a guy that can inspire this team to play consistently well. And wrapping up, uh, this group of seven, uh, sorry to all the Venezuelans out there, but they're sitting at seven points, uh, four behind Peru. So we're going to, we're going to leave them out of this discussion, unfortunately, because we only have so much time, but Peru still, you know, they're five points out of a, out of a playoff spot. They're one behind Paraguay with, with 11. Uh, they made the world cup in 2018 after a long, long absence. The previous time they had made it was 1982. They don't look like they're in great position, but they do have talented players. What has been going wrong for Peru so far in this qualification cycle, Felipe? They have a similar plot problem that Colombia has, and it's scoring goals. Uh, they, you're right. They have talented players. They have some pretty good number nines, too. Raul Ruiz-Diaz from the Seattle Sounders. Uh, Lapadula, the, the the Italian-born Gianluca Lapadula, who's who's Italian. everyone's favorite. Yeah, great great name, uh, and yeah. and a good back to goal sort of striker. Jefferson Farfan, obviously uh, sort of a historic player there, uh, and then Paolo Guerrero, like a, a very good player that has, these players just haven't been healthy enough, you know. It's, it's and it's been a lot of Lapadula who can do a lot of link play uh, as a talented player, but he's not prolific. And so Peru is known in South America as just being such a technical, uh, clean team on the ball. They're very good. They can kind of ping around anyone in South America. They're just not clinical enough. And that's been their biggest problem. They, you know, they're losing games one, nothing consistently. They lost to Bolivia one, nothing, uh, in October, they just recently lost one, nothing to Argentina. This is a high flying Argentina side and Peru honestly should have walked away from that game away to Argentina with a draw. They just could not finish. They, they missed a penalty too. So that's them. It's like missed opportunities. They're well coached. And like you said, they're talented, but they've just squandered so many opportunities to be sort of in the fight for qualification. Well, Felipe, thank you so much for running through each of these teams. The TV schedule for tonight, 4 p.m., Ecuador versus Venezuela on Fubo TV and Fox Deportes. 6 p.m., Paraguay versus Chile on Fubo Sports Network. 7.30 p.m., Brazil versus Colombia on Fox Soccer Plus and also Fubo TV. And 9 o'clock p.m., all these times are Eastern, by the way, Peru versus Bolivia, Fubo Sports. Felipe, I know that you're going to be watching Brazil versus Colombia, but if you had to choose another one of these games... Which one are you choosing? I mean, I, I think, gosh, I mean, this Uruguay-Argentina game on Friday night is is a big one just because Uruguay is totally against the ropes. I hadn't mentioned that because I hadn't gotten to Friday yet, uh, but that's obviously, I think, the pick. And also, I should say, for the Americans and Canadians, really, in, in, in our audience and the Mexicans, that it's a perfect lead-in to those games. It starts at 6 p.m., will end around 8 you have an hour to catch your breath, and then you have USA, Mexico, and Canada versus Costa Rica 
uh, that night. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, Brazil, Colombia is like the big, big sort of, that's, that's the big sort of game of the, of match day 13, but any year you mentioned that Uruguay, Argentina is a classico. Uh, and, it, and it's, I don't think it'll be the same three, nothing dominant performance that Argentina had last time they played. Uh, it's a, it's a fascinating matchup because one team wants to sort of, I think Argentina thinks that, Hey, we get a win here. We can lock up qualification very soon. Uh, and Uruguay is the complete opposite. They don't want they're 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 in dire need of points. Like they could potentially drop from the fifth spot after if they lose to Argentina. So I think it's a big game, big fascinating matchup. Felipe, thank you so much for coming on the show. Anytime. Elsewhere in soccer today, there's a lot of World Cup qualifying, most of which we covered on yesterday's show with Brooks Peck. Please do check that one out. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can get 33% off a year's subscription by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thanks for listening, and happy soccer to you all.